Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the best fantasy basketball tools on the internet and possibly of all for the history of mankind. We can't prove that at some point in the past, maybe in BC times, that the Egyptians did not have a better fantasy basketball tools like, like uh, what are those things called? Where slide slide rulers, the acubuses. That's not the right word. We can't prove that because we don't know enough about the ancient Egyptians. But what we do know is that right now on the internet, the best fantasy basketball tools are on hashtag basketball.com. Go check that out. I'm your host, Mike Katrin. And joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? So you think ancient Egyptians were like taking the work break from building the pyramids and just playing some basketball? Is that what you think, Mike? I, I mean, it's certainly possible. They could weave baskets, right? So like uh, it, it could be... It could be something uh, like on ancient aliens. Maybe the, like the aliens came down and taught them how to play basketball. It was like the first Space Jam, basically. <laughs> oh man, you thought a lot about this. I don't. I don't have much to come back on that. Yeah, I might or might not have um, been watching too many uh, ancient aliens. Uh, what's the word I can't say? Uh, not it's not acubus, but it's really close. Um, I don't know. What's the word you can't say? I was thinking about like every player is in the NBA's name ever. Well, other than all of the uh, <laughs> foreign-born and not foreign-born players, like just everybody, uh, completely uh, everywhere. Um, abacus. That's the word I'm looking for. An abacus. Abbott and uh, Costello? What? People, if anyone is a, if anyone is into, uh, Old Chinese slide rules. Actually, they had them like um, abacuses all over the all over the world, including back in Mesopotamia in the uh, twenty three hundred to twenty seven hundred BC. There were abacuses um, found from Mesopotamia. So, yo, uh, props to people doing math way, way, way back in the day. I respect them. But guys, if you're doing math now, don't use one of those. We got computers. We don't need that. Is this a history lesson with Mike Catrone? Yeah, I'm on Wikipedia because I had to figure out what that damn word was because I was like, I know that's a real word, but I can't find it in my brain because I'm getting old and senile and I possibly have been drinking too much. So, um, Wait, you, you could know. spell that word, but you couldn't say it? Yeah, but yes. I have problems. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> I don't know how my brain works, but neither do the doctors. So um, on that note. The doctors, neither does anyone. Yeah, nobody <laughs> nobody knows how I got to this place in the world. Um, but most people aren't here for a history lesson, Tyler. They're here to find out who we are selling um, high on across the uh, this week in fantasy basketball. And the first guy that you got on this list uh, is a guy that I actually like. I think he, he's playing very well. I, I like his um, production so far, and I'm not I'm not sure if he is. My favorite sell high on this list, but Julius Randle um, has started out the season uh, really well on a on a Pelicans team that has played also exceptionally well. And uh, Tyler, I, why are you, why are you souring on Julius Randle? Um, so 
it doesn't really have a ton to do with Julius Randle himself. It has a lot to do with the fact that he doesn't really produce a ton of steals and blocks, and he produces a fat, juicy 18.3 points a game, which I'm not sure that holds up. I mean, I think that he's gotten some games where Miritich has been out that have boosted his fantasy stock. And so, you know, and Anthony Davis, I think, missed a game or two as well. Um, so he's scoring a little bit more than I think he will at the end of the season. I think he probably falls into that kind of 16, 17 point a game range, but it's really mostly just the fact that he gets overblown and he always seems to have a little bit more perceived value than actual value because he gets you half a steal and half a block a game and that's it. And I think you could probably sell someone like Julius Randle for a player who's giving you more actual uh, fantasy value. Yeah. I mean, the numbers don't lie. Get your abacus out right now for to figure this one out. But per game, nine cat roto league, he's the eighty first player, and actually that's lower than I thought he would be. And it, it is even I'm being tricked by the nineteen points, the ten rebounds, because those are the big. They're you know double digit. Um, you know it's just psychology. Double digits look better, and I think you're one hundred percent right that people can be tricked that they're like, whoa, 19 points and 10 rebounds. Like, that's really, really good. And you know what? For those categories, if that's exactly what you need, those are really good categories. But most people need a little bit more production. I mean, you know, Enos Cantor is is an incredibly similar player, and I, I'd rather have Enos Cantor. His percentages are um, better. Both percentages are better. Um, and I think even Enos Cantor does a little bit more um, though I guess Julius Randle does hit some threes, but like I'm saying, like both of those guys kind of uh, trick people when every once in a while they get like a 20 rebound game, and you're like, oh damn, that guy's great. No, he just, I mean, he got 20 rebounds, and that is great, but he didn't get any steals, he didn't get any blocks, and he hasn't in like three or four games. And overall, like by the end of the season, he's not as valuable as some of those guys who can get you stats across the board. Yeah, no doubt, and I, I don't know, maybe it's because he got drafted by the Lakers, or maybe he just got a, a big fan base from playing for Kentucky, or I don't know what exactly it is. But People really do like Julius Randle, you're right. Yeah, I feel like he always just has like a lot of, and people ask me questions of like, who would you rather have the rest of the season, Ricky Rubio or Julius Randle? And I'm like, is this a debate? Like, I don't see the reasoning why right. we're debating this, because yeah. it's not close. Um, and, and so, and I get an auto Porto auto Porter. I got a couple questions about him and an auto Porter and I'm like, I'd much rather have auto Porter. Yeah. Auto Porter by like a mile. So yeah, I mean, maybe I, I don't really know what it is, but I think that Julius Randall's a great, a great sell high. Uh, maybe one of the better sell highs actually just in the sense that, okay, he might still produce those stats, but he just has this perceived value that isn't actual. Yeah, in fact, he might be one of those guys that you can throw in on a trade as like your second player, and people are like, "Oh, damn! I'm getting both this person and Julius Randle. That's awesome. That is like two, two upgrades." And in, in fact, that you're you're kind of swindling the person because Julius Randle really um, not, not that good if you got your points and your rebounds already on lockdown. And uh, this next guy has been having his points and rebounds on lockdown all season long. Clint Capella is destroyer of worlds, murdering human beings on the court. They're not even calling fouls, let alone arresting them. He's averaging 
18 points and 12 rebounds and over two blocks a game. He's actually in the last few weeks, he's like 20 and, and 13 with three blocks. Like he's shooting 70% right now. He's playing out of his mind in the last month. Tyler, like, doesn't feel sustainable for Clint Capella, but here he is doing it right now. He's the 16th ranked player per game right now in Nike head to head, or excuse me, Nike Roto. Well, you know what I mean, Tyler. Why why are you trying to? I mean, why are you trying to sell high on what could be Clint Capella's breakout year? So, uh, there's a lot of tracks we could take with this talk. Um, there's a lot of reasons why I think Capella's is so high. Um, I'll go into the probably most obvious one first, and that's the fact that James Harden missed a couple games. Chris Paul missed – I mean, they both missed a lot of games, right? So if you look at the the Rockets game so far, um, in over half the games that they played, either James Harden or Chris Paul didn't play. So obviously that means, you know, those two guys, a lot of touches, a lot of shot opportunities – um, and some of those are just getting siphoned off to Capella. He's also playing at crazy 34.4 minutes a game, uh, which for a center is kind of unheard of, and we're going to get into a secondary thing about that. But I think the whole thing is, like, they've just had a lot of injuries, and, you know, they, they Nene has been out, who's the backup center, and plays like 15 minutes a game for the most part. Um, and he missed every game this year um, so far, and he just came back um, within the last week here. And I think that's going to just knock the minutes down some, which that immediately is going to knock down the statistical production some, right? And then you got the whole thing of Chris Paul and James Harden probably both coming back and playing together um, for the foreseeable future. And that's going to knock down some shot attempts and just some statistical opportunities for Capella. So, you know, kind of slam those two together and you're probably looking at Capella more where you drafted him than like the 16th ranked player where he's playing right now. Yeah, I mean... The, we talked about this in the last podcast is that the reason we always kind of uh, trust Mark Roberts's projections is because those projections analytically look at uh, a player's historical production and says that person is going to probably produce pretty close to what that person's historical production is. There's always exceptions to those rules. This is a gr- – if, if true, if this is who Clint Capella is – a huge exception to the rule. Like he is, is way outperforming what he has done so far in his career. And even if he is having maybe a breakout season, the, this type of this level of production feels unsustainable. He might drop down to something that is still his career best, but keeping, you know, 20 and 13 with three blocks up, um, Seems like you know, just doesn't seem like it's going to uh, to continue. But I, I wouldn't, I would want something very, very valuable for someone like Clint Capella because there's not a lot of players who do what Clint Capella does. Okay, so let's take a look here at some guys uh, that I might be able to convince you on, Mike. How does that sound? Yeah, let's let's play. Who does Mike want? to trade Clint Capella for. Okay, so yeah. let, let's see here. Mm-hmm. So are we assuming you have Capella or you? I, I have Capella. Okay. I'm trading him away. I'm selling high on him. Okay, uh, John Wall. Mm, no. 
you know mm-hmm. my affinity. Well, you know how I, I play a lot of roto leagues, and I, Clint Capella, while you know, hurt, does hurt you a little bit in the roto leagues. John Wall really hurts you in those roto leagues. So if we take the turnovers off, and we look at total value instead of per game, it's John Wall has played one more game. Who are you saying is ranked higher for the season, Mr. Clint Capella or Mr. John Wall? If you take turnovers off, I'm going to say Clint Capella. John Wall is actually ranked higher, which is why you're wrong about this. That is very surprising. Uh, So I will say another man, Mr. Robert Covington. Ooh, come on. Like, that's not fair. You know how much we love beautiful Bob on this podcast. Uh... You know this, so it's it's hard trying to trade a center like this and not get back center stats. But in this particular case, I probably would go. If Clint Capella was my only big, I'm gonna have to say no. But if I have, if I'm steady with my my big man stats, I'm gonna say I'm going with beautiful Bob Covington, who's having um, one of the best years of his career. Yeah, and he's ranked 18th. Um in eight category leagues this year on total gap value. So that's probably another guy who is playing a little bit over his head. Um, and that's partially due to the block numbers, but yeah, so he's actually ranked ahead of Capella too. Now we're going to look at a few men ranked behind Clint Capella this season. The first and most obvious man that she would probably definitely trade for would be Mr. Ben Simmons, who is number 27 and Clint Capella is number 25. Um, I do, I do love Ben Simmons, but that is a, you need a particular build to have Ben Simmons on your team. Don't you have that build with Clint Capella though? I mean, it's yeah, but why am I, why am I trading away Clint Capella for, for uh, Ben Simmons? If, if you I, can get I want both assists. of them on my same team. Cause you can get eight assists. This, I mean, you're basically trading the blocks for the assists. Yeah. And um, I would do that. I would do that trade. I think that's fair. Well, and here's the other thing too, about it. Like who's going to average more points per game this season, Capella or Simmons. Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to bet the rest of the way, I'm going to bet on Simmons. Capella is doing it right now, right? But, like, if you're telling me wipe those stats clean and just the rest of the season, I, I think Simmons scores 15, and I think Capella probably is lucky to get the 15. I think it's a toss-up. I actually might give it to uh, Capella, uh, but I think you're right. I think it's a toss-up there, and uh, Ben Simmons does some extra things that uh, Clint Capella doesn't, and vice versa. So I think that's, a, like, like I said, fair trade. Uh, Chris Middleton, who is actually ranked 33rd on the season. Uh, let's see. Why are you picking all the guys that I, I, I love? Well, I, I got to make you make the trade, Mike. I mean, come on. Um, This is a tough one. I love Chris Middleton. But um, like I said, hard hard to replace someone like Clint Capella. So actually, I still might go Clint Capella here. That's a tough one. And I, I can understand that. I would go Middleton just because I think Middleton's on his way up. Capella's on his way down. Um, and here's the way I, I sometimes look at trades. Like maybe I got the best out of this guy and now maybe I can get the best out of somebody else. And if I'm smashing two people's best together, you know what I mean? Then that's a, that's a super hybrid player, right? That's a somebody on steroids. Well, here's a guy I definitely would trade uh, Clint Capella for. And he's also one of our sell high guys, uh, Rudy Gobert. Um, I actually think Rudy Gobert, um, I, I don't know if he's a sell high guy. Like I, I'm surprised you have Rudy Gobert on the list. I think Rudy Gobert is great. Uh, Rudy Gobert does a lot of the things that Clint Capella does. 
but I actually think Rico Bear definitely better than Clint Capella. Yeah, a hundred percent. And but I'm, I'm surprised you got him on your your sell high list uh, because I actually feel like Rudy Gobert could play better, uh, even though he is currently per game the twenty uh, in nine cat the twenty second ranked player. Uh, why why are you selling high on uh, old Rudy? Well, so. He's played in the last few seasons. He had one healthy year, and he played 60 and 56 games. So there's that. Now, it's not really the main reason I'm doing it, but I just feel with a lot of centers, there's always some risk that they get hurt. And, I I mean, I don't have really a ton of information to back this up. I've never really done the study, but it seems to me that elite big men get hurt a little bit more than elite guards and wings. Um, And we see that with guys like Blake Griffin, Right. And and so I think that we see the big guys get hurt a little bit more. So there's that. And that's not really the main argument I'm going to make. But I, I just like to throw that out there is why I'm, I'm always a little bit more willing to sell high on a big and on a guard. That's true. That, that's true. Like Rudy Gobert has seen some injury issues, especially last year. Uh, but this is supposed to be his kind of his breakout season. And I feel like he's on his way. Like, I think this is what we've been looking for from Rudy Gobert. Well, here's the reality. Like, he's not – I mean, he's scoring a little bit more. But he's doing a very similar thing to what he did two seasons ago when he played 81 games, and he was a top – you know what? He was a top, like, 10, 15, 20 pick last year. So we've seen Rudy Gobert do this in the past. So yeah, here's – He was actually ranked 23rd overall two years ago when he played 81 games uh, per game. He's ranked 22nd now uh, in that 81-game season on totals – the 11th ranked player. Yeah, and so some people are getting really, really excited about that, and they've seen it, and they're, they're thinking, oh, man, maybe the blocks even go up, and he's going to be this rebound monster, and he's scoring 15.5 points a game, which is a nuclear high, shooting 70%. And I think that's the reason you sell. Is like, can anybody really shoot 70% for the season? We've seen a very few, select few number of people do that. Um, in the history of the NBA, right? Shoot 70% for the season. So there's that part of it. I just don't know that he keeps getting the 8.6 shot attempts a game. Like, I think he probably falls down in those points, probably closer to 14 than to 15 and a half. And there's no guarantee that the rebounds are going to bounce up at all, or the rebounds are probably, you know, their max. And there's no guarantee that the blocks are going to bounce up at all. So we're looking at, a guy who's just performing slightly, slightly over what he's probably going to do for the full season. And so this is your one shot to kind of sell him at the peak of his value. Now, granted, is Rudy Gobert probably still going to be really, really good for the rest of the season? Sure. But yeah. if if I can snake somebody like a, like a second-round player that I think is just a little bit better, I think that's a move I want to make because I think – just like I said earlier, right? I got the best out of what I think the best out of Rudy Gobert is. Yeah, I think that's a really good point you just made, Tyler. Is that your the sell high list isn't always like okay, this guy's playing out of his mind. Obviously, sell him. Yeah, if you're in like a casual league, that's gonna work. But if you if you're playing with some people who've been played who've played before or a little bit more experienced, uh, they're gonna go. Yeah, I'm not gonna trade you for Darren Collison, uh, Kyrie Irving even though they're ranked the same over the last week, you idiot. Like, that's just not going to happen. They're going to see right through what you're trying to do. Rudy Gobert, on the other hand, is really, really good. He's supposed to be having a breakout year, and he's probably playing at his 
peak. So like not his like bell curve, like top, 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 top of the peak, but the top of that bell curve that's within that middle, you know, that middle portion where it's like, this is probably where he ends up this season, that, that variable that, uh, that Mark Roberts allows um, with the normal performance. Rudy Gobert is probably at the top of that. This is where he could finish the best case scenario is Rudy Gobert plays like this the rest of the season. And that could happen. But if this is his peak, you are selling high. And if you are getting someone who is better or equal to where Rudy Gobert is playing now and Rudy Gobert drops off at all, you are getting the better end of that deal. And so if Rudy, especially if you have enough centers where Rudy Gobert is expendable on your team, so just just because it's a sell high doesn't mean we're we're talking about obvious guys who are, are outperforming themselves. We are also talking about guys who are performing as they should, but are performing the best that they po- probably will for the season. Yeah, and so I think that's kind of when you make a move too. Is like I can maybe move this guy and and get maybe somebody else's best. And I, I mean, I think that's just a good way to win. Well, I see you you wanted to uh, with these next two players. Want to debate me into talking about the Chicago Bulls, the demise of Fred Hoiberg, uh, Goodrins, the uh, the Tibbs like psychopathic stares of Jim Boylan, and um, also the fact that Zach Levine, um, as if I didn't know, is playing um, well out of his mind. And I think this is a pretty good one to to bring up because Zach Levine. Um, a lot of people have bought into it, and maybe it's just the Bulls' uh, cynical homerism in me. I've never bought into Zach Levine. I've gotten some trade offers for Zach Levine, and I've just been like, no, I'm not. I'm not trading for Zach Levine. Like, really, hardly anything uh, in that in that top 50 range. Even though right now per game, Zach Levine is the 51st player per game nine cat. I just don't trust number one. Trust Zach Levine, but number two. Bobby Portis, Larry Markkinen, and Chris Dunn all are coming back. Larry Markkinen has been playing for a few games. He's been looking pretty good. Um, Will look better. He's just come slow back from the injury. And that means the the grotesque uh, utilization from Zach Levine, which might have been one of the highest ones in the league, is going to go down. And that's going to hurt his value. Oh, Zach Levine? is taking 19 and a half field goal attempts per game on the season. No, two Michael. goals. That's too many. Pass the ball to Lowry Marketing. So I'll ask you a, a very simple mathematical statistical question here. Okay. How many players last season for the entire season? Now, this is on basketball reference, so it doesn't take out people who like played limited amount of games and didn't qualify okay. for the statistics, which is why I like to use it. Okay. Especially for this type of statistic. So field goal attempts per game. How many people averaged even over 19? Okay. I'm going to go with Russell Westbrook. One. Um, James Harden. Two. You got the top two right there. 21 yeah. and 20. Yeah. I know. I know my shit. And um, hilariously, Tim Hardaway Jr. No, he was not even in the top 20. Damn. So right, the who, other, who else is up there? The other six men, there are six men who averaged over 19. LeBron, okay. Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, oh. Devin Booker. That's that it. That all makes sense. Those all, all those make sense. 
So even if you look, okay, at 17 shot attempts a game, which is two and a half less than what Zach Levine has averaged so far this year, there were only 21 guys. 21 guys. So he would be easy. Like right now, he's easily in the top 20 of shots per game. And he would be basically a top three, top four guy, or you know, top ten guy uh, at, at this rate. And it should, like Zach Levine, should not be taking that many shots. Um, well, it, it, you've actually seen it go his shot, his shots go down the small sample size theater, but have gone down uh, with with Lowry back. Now, well, I, and that's it. I think that was the whole reason that they were up so high is and the coaching missing. change. Well, but I think the the, the bigger the bigger thing was that you were missing all of your other top scoring options, right? Yeah. Well, I'm going to throw this one out there too. When Chris Dunn comes back, there's actually going to be a point guard on the, on the floor. Now, people might want to argue if Chris Dunn's a, a point guard, blah, blah, blah. Shut the hell up. I'm not talking about you right now. I'm talking about Chris Dunn. And he's going to actually bring the ball up the court. He's going to run plays. Instead of everything, running through Zach Levine, which seems to be Zach Levine brings the ball up, Zach Levine pounds the ball into the ground. Then he take he backs somebody in and takes a fadeaway from about 19 feet. Those plays will be less, and since those plays will be less, the utilization will be less as well. Yeah, and we talked about before uh, this kind of unsustainable block thing. That so the most blocks he's ever got in a season is 17, and he's got 15 already this year. So that's probably not really sustainable either. Yeah. Um. So you got. I mean, okay. Here's the here's the main question. Assuming the Bulls get relatively healthy in the relative short term, does Levine even average over 20 points a game from the rest of, for the rest of the season? So eliminate 24 Why games not? we got yeah. right now. Okay, you know what I mean, and just look at the, the the rest. Does he average more than 20 points a game? I think it's going to cut it fairly close. Um. I'm going to say he does because simply because I have the bet that Zach Levine will be the high scorer on the Bulls, and Tyler is trying to is trying to trick me into losing that bet. And see, I, I just don't think that he will, and that's no that's no knock on him. It's just you know he, we saw him in a year where he played 37 minutes a game, only averaged 18.9 points a game. I just don't really think he's a 20 point per game scorer. Um, and I think when these other guys get healthy, they're going to siphon the shot attempts that they deserve. And he's there. He's the one of the main men who's going to lose shot attempts. And you know what? I actually really hope you are right, um, Tyler, because that means he will be learning how to play within a system, uh, within a team, and will also be getting Wendell Carter Jr. and Larry Mark in the ball more. And that would be, to me, it's a win-win. If that happens, the Bulls are, are developing. And that's good. And if he doesn't, and he scores more than twenty points a game, he's leading scorer. Well, then I win our bet. So it's a win-win for me either way. Oh, here's the the second, the third, the tenth question about Zach Levine. Is he even a top 50 player going forward? And I will say that if you do eight category leagues, he is the 21st ranked player on the season. Okay. Um, yeah, if you're in a uh, no no turnover league, uh, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say he will make that top 50. Uh, if you are in a nine-cat league, though, uh, this is his peak. And – with all these guys coming back, his usage is going to go down too. And that's why he's a sell high. Yeah, see, I, I'm going to bet that he's even outside the top 50. I just don't like the the other things that he does, save for points. And I think the points are going to go down. And I think the assists are also going to go down. I mean, he's averaging almost five assists a game. 
we've seen him be a three assist a game guy for basically his whole career. So I think when we get some other guys who can handle the ball and do some things, those numbers go down too. And that puts Zach Levine outside my top 50. So I am selling him for even anybody inside the top 50. Um, Throw me Ricky Rubio, throw me Jeff Teague, throw me anybody for Zach Levine at this point, and I will accept that deal if I have Zach Levine. That is very fair. Um, And I think we could also say uh, a very similar uh, argument for the other Bulls player on this list, Justin Holiday, who is playing – attention other basketball teams who are obviously listening to our podcast. Justin Holiday is a really good player. I think he's at least worth a, a first round pick. If you want someone to come off your bench and be incredibly valuable, he plays good defense. He stays in front of guys. He's a really good three point shooter. Uh, he's, okay. having, he's having a career year. And All I really right. Think you're, you should give up a first round pick for him. I, I think it's fair. You're talking crazy, but this is a way more unprotected important. first round pick. This is a way more important thing to say. What is Justin Holiday's nickname according to Basketball Reference? Don't look. Don't look. I want to see if Basketball Reference is telling the truth here. I'm going to say the the word sleepy is involved, or um, maybe uh, who's the? He doesn't look like Slim Charles. One of the guys looks like Slim Charles. <laughs> might be Tony Sell. Tony Sell might look like Slim Charles. No, who looks like Slim Charles? I've never heard of this nickname for Justin Holiday, and I think Basketball Reference is making this up. Mike, the noted Bulls fan, would know if he has a nickname. He doesn't have a nickname. His nickname, according to Basketball Reference, is The Fireman. The Fireman. Yeah, that, the Firefighter or The fi, the Fireman. The I don't... Fireman. Like, is he fighting fires? Is he starting fires? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know where this name came from. Well, he's been on fire. Let's see how that that's a professional segue. Uh this season hitting three three pointers a game, um shooting a really good percentage from behind the arc. And doing all the other things like getting 1.7 steals, which is is would be a career high for him as well. Uh over a half a block a game. I really do think uh, he is playing himself, um, hopefully off the team for a unprotected first round pick. But uh, another really good example, he's playing the best he possibly can. He's on a team that's about to what has just changed coaching. Um, will just will change their play style, and we'll have three players who will come back who need uh, minutes, even though none of them really. I think slide into Justin Holiday's minutes, but still that means touches away from Justin. Holiday. Well, and he's playing thirty-five minutes a game, which you got to think they just want to lessen that a little bit, right? Like, I don't think any coach really wants anyone to play thirty-five minutes a game. Um, so I mean, even like unless you're guys- Tom Thibodeau or Tom Thibodeau's eerily similar clone, Jim Boylan, who is a psychopath. Um, so there's the other thing too, like we've just seen. Justin Holiday not be that good until he came to Chicago and he's 29 years old now and sure he's fine he's not going to keep shooting what he's shooting because he's a career 39% shooter so those numbers are going to flop down and he's a league average three-point shooter not a 40% three-point shooter like he's been this season so all those numbers are going to flop down a little bit and you know Justin Holiday is probably going to fall out of like must-own territory so if you can sell him for literally anything I would probably do that. 
Yeah, you should be. I think you should be able to get a top seventy-five player for Justin Holiday. I really do. Um, he, he's if he's going to be on the Bulls team for the rest of the year, which, like I said, he shouldn't be. Uh, he's going to have a role, and he's going to probably play thirty some minutes a game. And as long as he's like hitting some threes and getting some steals, he's going to be valuable enough, I think, to say standard league relevant. But yeah, like top seventy-five players i think he'll fall out of the top 75 by the end of the year he's the 31st ranked player right now and he's incredible in even well that's on total value so like some guys below him obviously have been hurt a little bit but if he even stays in the top 100 i'll I'll be pretty impressed i mean i'm looking at easily 100 men that i'd much rather have than justin holiday for the rest of the season yeah same here i think there's quite a few people um, like I said, but you know, shoot high, shoot your shot, guys. Uh, Justin Holiday playing out of his mind. Uh, well, and, and, hey, man, if, if I'm selling a guy like Justin Holiday, I'm pointing to this like, okay, I'll read the five names directly below Justin Holiday in eight category leagues so far this season Clay yeah. Thompson, Chris Middleton, Blake Griffin, D'Angelo Russell, Mike Conley. Yeah, I mean, if you if you would have gotten in a time machine this uh, and gone back to last summer. Because with your one trip, this is what you chose to do, and told me that list, I would have slapped you so damn hard, it would have sent you back in time to right now, and you would have been really upset at me about slapping you in the past, and I wouldn't understand what that was about because of times not linear and different timelines and shit. So that, it makes no fucking sense. Did you become a scientist like in the last twenty minutes? I've, I, you know what? I'm a computer scientist, y'all. And that's the best type of scientist, except for scientists who actually like you know cure diseases and stuff. They're they're better scientists for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. Well, so you're the best type of scientist who's not a scientist. I don't know. Yeah, you, it's, you, it, you know what? It's it's in the name of the degree, so technically, uh, I think that means I'm a scientist. That's what I tell people, and um, I don't think people, really believe, people don't believe me when I say I'm a scientist of computers. Well, I mean, I got two degrees that are bachelors of sciences in there in, in Very, business, so I don't. Know. I think it means you're a scientist, I, science of scientist of business. I don't think that's how that works. Put it on your resume if you guys are out there and you're studying really hard in college. You get that bachelor's of science, guys. Put it on your put it on your resume that you're a scientist. It works every time. <laughs> uh, okay, I got nothing to say about that. Well, I think that is it for our cell. Hi, this week, everybody out there, we would thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, rate and review us. It really helps us out, helps people find the show. Tell a friend, tell somebody in your league, because I know you might have the uh, kind of have the uh, the up on the rest of the league because you're listening to the show and they aren't. But I got a little uh, pro tip for you. If you go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes and subscribe to become one of our Patreon, not only are you helping support the show, but you will get access to our weekly podcast before all those regular listeners out there no offense to the regular listeners who are definitely still listening i shouldn't be talking shit about them but if you want to get a little bit ahead of the game go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes you can find me on twitter at watch the boxes you can find tyler at tyler p watts guys we like feedback for the show we enjoy it if you want to ask us questions get a hold of us if you want us to go in different directions have more mailbag segments talk about keeper leagues more often uh let us know apparently not a lot of people want us to talk about keeper leagues because i've heard no feedback about keeper leagues i've mostly heard about more listener questions uh more trade talk and uh 
actually people like the uh the, the buy low sell high segments so uh we're going to continue to uh do those throughout the week uh tyler do you have anything else you want to plug uh no i just want all regular listeners to know mike even talks crap on his own mother so don't feel bad i talk shit about uh everybody who listens to the podcast and even people who don't listen to the podcast I, when i see them during the day I talk shit to them too so don't take it personally um but the only people i don't talk shit about are our patreon subscribers so go check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes and we will catch you next time